guys welcome to grudge match my name is julian fedulian and i'm here with my co-host sammy locasano say hey to the people sammy hello america you can call me Swingman sammy for the Jesus record god yes i'm, I'm not calling you uh, Swingman sammy for any amount of money um i mean the reason i got that name is because i buy a lot of you know jerseys from third world countries so that's true that's true you're famous for that now um real quick uh this is episode one of Grudge Match, so uh, I'll just explain to the people how it works. Uh, each episode, we're going to have um, two undercards and one title fight in, gr in, in, in Grudge Match. So what's going to happen is um, these undercards are usually going to be something goofy, and then the title card is going to be, you know— a What really matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can fast-forward to the title card if you really, really want to, but I, the undercards should be fun. Um, so the undercards for uh, this episode are uh, um, an actual grudge match um, between <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Ron Artest, um, uh, picking our Mount Rushmore of sports movies, and mm -hmm. uh, these are going to be leading up to our title card of... Of what really matters in sports. We bring up the stat lines. This is such a dumb title card to me. It's Jason Tatum versus Luka Don. Okay. You know what? No, it's not dumb. No, it's not weak. You know, I think you're just saying that because you've been watching him recently in the in, in the bubble. And I haven't. No, I, this is the first time I've thoroughly watched him. But we'll get more into that in the main event. All right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But we don't want to spoil anything. And I think it's funny with these grudge matches, uh, especially the you know who we're picking to win a fight. You know, we're gonna be picking some ridiculous people, and you know, but in a good way. You know, it's it'll be legit arguments and putting thorough knowledge into something that really is like really we're gonna be <laughs> discussing about that but i know i'm gonna be over analyzing the hell out of this one this is gonna be great um all right so so uh which title card are we starting with sammy so let's start with the fight let's start with the fight we're going five round ufc we're not going boxing we're going ufc okay absolutely not all right okay so we've got dennis rodman now are we going with like what decade? We can pick a decade. That's fine with right, me. Okay, so pick, pick, your, your pick your boy. No, pick your boy Artest. So my my whole thing, the reason why I'm picking Artest in the first place is because with so many people that we could have picked for this specific matchup, you can pick a decade. There's no debate which which era of Artest I'm picking. I'm picking Malice at the Palace Artest. Ooh, like yeah, there's that, that, that's that's the <laughs> definition. That was. Chuck Liddell before Chuck Liddell. Yeah. By anyone, anywhere, anytime. Well, he'll beat up a, you know, 15-year-old kid. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. He didn't even throw the drink. He didn't even throw it. There are so many little things that we could say about this fight, but I know so many NBA fans and non-NBA fans that can point to the Malice at the Palace fight and brawl 
as something that they remember where they were when it happened. Where were you in that moment? Oh, I was like, I wasn't even necessarily um, a huge NBA fan. I was more of just a New Jersey Nets fan, mm-hmm. which is even sadder to say. And and I just had the game on like in the background while I was doing homework, like in my parents' room or whatever. And um, the fight happened, and I couldn't comprehend really what I was seeing. It was some. It was like. It was like one of those things where you're driving and a natural disaster happens. Do you remember where you were during this? Yeah, I, I will never forget. Um, my parents were about to send me to bed, and I was watching the game. Uh, well, actually, it was my my mom was fighting for me to go to bed because we had school, and and also I really liked um, the Pacers during that time. I thought they were going to be a great team. They were. They supposed were. to be a. If this fight doesn't happen, I don't think the Spurs win the 05 title. Yeah, and then I and I watched our test just like or I saw Ben Wallace with that huge shove. That huge shove. And I was just like, Yeah, can he do that? Like <laughs> and my dad's like, Well he did it and then I'm like still watching and we're, we're like hoping a fight broke out between those those two players and we're like, Oh, we're getting a free fight now <laughs> and then um, you know, my dad's like, oh, okay, I, th- I think this game's over with. And then we see, I see Ron on my, like, you know, 35-inch TV or something like that. And I hear the announcer like, oh, Tess is in the stands. Like, I, I'll never forget that line. And I, I'm i just, like, asking, my, I'm like, can he do that? Like, <laughs> I nope. was just so <laughs> shocked. And, I, and it's one of those things that, it's so horrid to watch, but yeah. you cannot stop watching it. Yeah. Well, and and then, like, oh, my God. Like, I, I think for me, too, like, the reason why I'm picking Artest is because that fight, it defined him in a way that I don't think a fight has ever defined a star in the NBA before or since. He did take that, that whole uh... – that palace, uh, like on a five-on-one, because once he got yeah. out of the, the crowd, he you know they, you got two more piston fans that are about to throw their hands up. Absolutely, and, and he is like, oh no, you're not getting the first punch. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely but, not. But okay, so I mean, we've talked a lot about Ron Artest. Here's yeah, yeah, yeah. why I'm taking Rodman though. Okay, I watched a lot of things on Rodman. A lot of you know, and I've been trying to find where I'm standing. And uh, yeah, like Artest, if you stand up with him, he you know. He could knock you out in that first round, but honestly, I feel like Rodman is gonna just—he's gonna tackle him to the ground. He's gonna hold him to the ground for about maybe five rounds, and okay, uh, pa- 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 is not. Which Rodman are you picking? Oh, I'm picking uh, for sure the uh, the San Antonio Spurs Rodman. Oh God, where he definitely pans out, and you know he is definitely coming out with his you know i'm this is the real dennis rodman i'm like i'm sure. loving this sure you know, definitely and that's what gets him leaving san antonio san antonio's like y'all can have him like this guy's you know crazy and, and he he tackles some guys like he's definitely and also uh this is not him on the spurt but like you know kicking the cameraman to the nuts like this man will use his full-on body to beat you whereas our test will just use his two hands which is great but i feel like our test is facing an MMA fighter in an MMA fight when Artest is a boxer. I, I I guess, but what? For, first things first, I don't think that Spurs Dennis Rodman 
gets past the way into the fight period there's there's oh. there, there's so many, there there's probably so much illicit material in his body in like the early so you're saying he wouldn't pass a drug test are you saying that there wouldn't be a fight without a drug test first well yeah we're we're putting them we're putting in the octagon right there's got to be some sort of like He's some sort of test like right steroid. no he ain't on like steroids though well, sure i guess not but like at the same well and 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 i think this the reason why i bring this up too is because that goes into the arena right like, that goes yeah. into the octagon like i don't yeah. trust that uh, you know what? Maybe our test will we'll, we'll throw it both ways. I feel like our test would even get to the octagon before getting to the fans first. You know, I feel like a fan's gonna really try and steal a shirt off him. He's gonna, you know, get the crowd in, and Dana White's like, "Crap, you know, we're gonna have to call this fight." You know, some fan just got into a fight with our test. So, Rodman, congratulations, you win the title. So, you, you think smarter. You gotta, well, you gotta think smart. Well, I think that goes to my point. It, 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 it depends. It, <laughs> I think the um, the reason why – like, the, what this comes down to, I think they they can both be viewed as equally, like, at, these, at this point in their careers. Like, I think they both have a draw in the unstable category, right? In that yeah. fighters – in that fighter, like, you know, winner-take-all mentality, right? Yeah, so what, what's your final prediction? My, my, okay, you know what? My final prediction is this. I think um, third round, um, uh, our test wins by counterpunch knockout. Ooh, that's, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. It's Let's see if strategy. it plays off for that's a, Okay, okay, okay. Like, like in between. Cotton, in, in, okay, in between, in between like 1990, whatever, and like 2004, 2005, that's 10 years. Of athletic um, and 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 sports nutrition development. So physicality wise, I feel like uh, our our test lasts outlasts him physically, while Dennis is on some weird like a uh, 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 bender, <laughs> like having that Hulk mm. strength for two rounds and then running out. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I'll take my I'll take my bulls, Dennis Rodman. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take. You know, I, I think he actually does pass a drug test with Phil Jackson. That's know, fair. Coaching him in the corner. Are we sure though? And with that being said, I'm taking Rodman in the. You know, I'm taking him in the second round because the first okay. round, in general, for any fight, I don't expect anything to happen in the first round because that first round's like sure. you're feeling that guy out. And you're okay. really feeling – and so when you're feeling the guy out and you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen now. Second round, he's going to take him to the ground. I think he's going to submit him. I think he'll submit him. I think he wants to t make him tap out. I think okay. that's what he would really, really okay. want to do. Because most of the things that Rodman does in, you know, with fights in the NBA, he's taking guys to the ground. Like he's definitely wanting to do that. I guess. My, 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 the, the last thing that I'll say is – if you're taking Bulls Rodman now, right? You're switching tack. Uh, absolutely, he's got he's got the the greatest the greatest trainer Phil Jackson on his side. Okay, in in, in that sense, I'll change my prediction. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I I will say I would I would have said Spurs Rodman, he'd be spending that first um, round going like um, Tom Hardy and Warrior. Remember Warrior the movie? Ooh, love that movie. Like that like movie literally trying made me want to hug my brother at the end. That's true. Hey, yeah, I love but, you. But so I feel like I feel like Spurs Rodman would have um, tried to, like, Tommy Conlon him out, like, y y Tommy Conlon knockout, and then get worn out. Bulls Rodman, I don't believe that 
Phil's incense was actually incense, quote unquote. Um, so like I will say that his incense would have mellowed him out a little bit as well as old age. But still, we're talking about an old guy versus a peak Ron Artest. You got the old bull, and we got the young calf. Yeah, setting the pacer. No, 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 no. Setting the pacer. I'm no gonna pun intended. I'm gonna um, put. The, I'm gonna cut that out of the podcast. Um, but so no, I'll I'll, ch- I'll I'll change mine into a, a fourth round submission on Ron fourth Artest. Ra- oh, fourth round submission by Artest. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, well, maybe maybe we should start a social media site or Facebook page, letting people we can, vote who they think. We we can do a poll. For our second grudge match, I think we're just gonna go. Be, we're gonna be going back and forth on what round, uh, Mount Rushmore of movies, right? Yeah, yeah, Mount Rushmore of movies. Uh, we tried pick one, but it's very, very tough just picking that mm-hmm. one. So I mean, I obviously just said, hey, if you, there are only four sport movies you could save from your house burning to the ground, what would it be? So uh, you kick it off first. I, and for the record, I don't even know what movies Same. you picked. Um, so. The other two topics, like we we like you know did our research, did everything, but then I, I'm curious to see what yours are because mine are weird. Mine are yours weird. Yours are weird. Uh, I I feel like mine are a little weird, but I think I think you would be like, oh, I can see why you picked those because like I mean I'm a big baseball guy. I mean, uh, you know, huge Boston fan all around. So most of them you can kind of like be like, oh, you would put that down. But I am very interested in seeing what you pick. Or, I guess, hearing, no pun intended. For my fourth place pick for the Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Oh, this is Oh, ranked. yeah, I'm ranked. I'm ready to go. My fourth ranked is Gladiator. Ooh. <laughs> Think Ooh. about it. Uh, is that is that considered a sports yeah. movie? Is it is that what it says on IMDb? I mean, well, it, 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 it's action, <laughs> but what was it? it? It's a sport, right? Gladiator yeah, games are a sport. Yeah, yeah, I'll let that slide. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll let that. Yeah, okay, well played. Like it's well so played. it's such a All good right. action movie, and like it's like of course we're so far removed from you know the Colosseum and like things like that, right? So I feel like, you know, that's why it only ranks fourth to me. But it is such a good movie. And it's an inspiring sports story. It is an inspiring you know I mean? sports story. I wonder if anyone, you know, we could speak to lived it. Uh, you know what? Um, we can we can bring Russell Crowe on here. Um, like, if this ever... Yes. Ep- <laughs> yes. He, I think he would definitely love to chat Absolutely. it up with us. Absolutely. Yeah, he'll he'll break his opinion yeah. out on and th- it. Th- this is, by the way, the best time. This is this is the best, um, the most athletic Russell Crowe has ever been. Right? I think that's that's safe to say. Oh yeah. Oh clutch. Oh yeah. That that is a that right? is a fact. I will. I will. I will agree. Surprisingly, I will agree right? with you on that right? one. And I, you know, I I feel like you know mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix was a solid number two pick for the Gladiator Games. He's he's not like untalented, you know what I mean? He's an awful human being. Would there be anything you trade? What would you trade? Oh no! Well, th- <laughs> this is pick. this is exactly this is gonna feed into our our debate into um, Luca and uh, Jason later uh, on in the title card ooh, I'm because right. like um, right. for me, Maximus is Luca. The the two other gladiators that are with him, I don't think they survive past like the first few games without Maximus to bring them together. You raise the floor and the ceiling of the players around you. No comment. 
All right. We'll go to your fourth man. Go ahead. Do your thing. I... All right. All right. My fourth move. You're going to give me so much crap because of the whole glad yeah, the gladiator, and you're going to be like, I'm giving you crap for it, and you're going to be like, that's your fourth? Um... Well, you know, being quarantined, you know, you, you really look back on a lot of a lot of films, uh, specifically sports as well. At number four, I got like Mike. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I like like Mike. <laughs> you, you, you gotta have some fun. Yeah. Now, you know, you know like, yeah. I think it's just with sports films when they're trying to be serious, I'll take the movie serious. So. With that being said, me taking it seriously, I l really look in detail. Like, no, like, wh why are they saying that? Why? When? Wh when would this ever happen? But you know, with you know, like Mike, I low expectations, low expectations. But that's why it went so well. That's, but that's why it's so good, though, because you get how old are you when Like Mike came out? What year did it come out? I'm I'm, I'm just picturing like ten year old Sam. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I'm just picturing. I was like maybe six. I'm picturing or seven. like like second grade Sammy like coming off of like Space Jam, being like, I don't think that I'm. Uh, I have a lot uh, to uh, expect coming out of Lil Bow Wow in this movie. He uh, really uh, shocked me. Um, the, his depth of character. Yeah, that's a that's a great impersonation. Uh, is there is there two Sammys? Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, when I saw it. I guess I like movies that all like sport films that involve other athletes in that. Absolutely. Yeah, sport. that's where like Mike gets it. So I think that's I think yeah. that's where I really liked yeah. it a lot. And I'm like, whoa, they got Alan Iverson yeah. in this? And he delivered one of the best lines in the film. Were yeah. you a mascot? I like Playa. and and how like, do you do that? seeing Boom. like players that you recognize. Also, like Mike the source of my love for room service. Yes, room, room service. service. Best part. What's, what's room service? Best part. <laughs> that, that's that's definitely that is that I can agree Best with you part. or not. And honestly, with not only did I know players from that movie, but it also introduced me to new you know to players in the game as well. And I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Um, like at that time, I'll be honest, with you, I didn't know who Steve Nash was. Um, and and. And I will also say I didn't know who Vince Carter was, and half man, half amazing. Watching that two thousand dunk contest, yeah, I, and, and, but yeah, yeah, I know, but I, like I wasn't really like I wasn't into watching the All Star stuff or anything like that. I only like watched the games and watching that movie, and I'm like, oh my god, he's destroying Calvin Cambridge right now, and. After that movie, my dad went to go take me to an Atlanta Hawks game, and we saw Vince Carter there. Man, that guy, I think I was sitting on the, like seven rows back, um, and I see Vince Carter put on one of the biggest dunks I personally have ever seen. We talking like Toronto Vince Carter still? Yes, this That's is Toronto a good ticket, Vince man. Carter. T uh, it, it was. I don't know how he got those seats. Maybe... <laughs> I, I, I'm still not asking to this day how we got it, but, you know, point being, you know, back with the movie, uh, it definitely got me, you know, seeing the great phenomenal players and the interest in me in new players. And for the record, I thought Tracy Reynolds was actually a real player. 
Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, wow, this guy I, sucks. I will say, like, what was it? Like, uh, there was a little bit, because this was, like, before the internet became, like, a really, you know, prevalent part mm-hmm. of our culture, right? Of our day-to-day lives. Yeah. So, uh, little Julian did wonder, is there, like, a third L.A. team out there, maybe? Maybe there's like, <laughs> there's like the Clippers, Lakers. The That's right. The They're like maybe there's like the Clippers, Lakers, and the Knights. Like maybe it gets confusing when the Knights and the Clippers play jersey wise. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That, but that's that's my okay. fourth film. Uh, even though I had low expectations, that's a movie I can watch a million times, including these other movies. I can watch a million times and like never get yeah. bored of it. Yeah, you can always come back to it. Yeah. So all right, your your third your third ranked uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, okay. Films. So uh, this is going to be weird. I have two racing films on my list. My third place film is Talladega Nights. Oh, that is such a good film. Um, and we're getting into... <laughs> we're getting into rewatchable territory for me. Talladega Nights, I can always pop on, or if it's on the TV, I can always watch it in the background and like always have it just there um, and enjoy. Also, probably my favorite Sasha Baron Cohen performance of all time. I, I can agree. Super with you underrated. On that. I like can he agree wasn't. With you 100% yeah. On that. Yes. He wasn't like underrated. he wasn't as obnoxious as he was in Borat. I don't feel like Borat's aged well, but mm-hmm. like this aged well. No, absolutely not. Yes, uh, that was I can, and that's a very quotable movie, too. Yeah, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I just love it when they were talking about the. Yeah, he's like, I like to think of Jesus wearing yeah. like a tuxedo T-shirt <laughs> and saying, you know, "That I'm entire dinner scene was party. incredible." <laughs> It was great. Yeah, a lot of a lot of quotable things in that film. I can I can that is that is a great movie. That, that's a sl- I wasn't even yeah, thinking man. about that movie. <laughs> all right, give me your third man. Yeah, th- all right, third one. Very very similar. This is a '90s version of Like okay. Mike. Actually, can you can you can you I guess what it is? I have a feeling. I I have. You, you can say it if you want. It's not Cool know. Runnings, is it? No, that is I not like, no. It's like about Mike. racing. No, no, like Mike. No. I'm oh, oh, I thought, I, I, I thought, I, I thought you said it was talent. It was like Talladega Nights. I was, con- I was so confused. No, 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 no. Okay. No, gotcha, no, gotcha, um, gotcha. Uh, let me wait. Hold on. Let me think. I mean, I'm guessing Space Jam is third on your list. No. Okay. It's actually, not. What is it? I will wait. Say, like oh. Mike is the only basketball hold up. movie on my list. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I forgot to. Well, I forgot to put. I forgot to. I, mean, I forgot I to put this movie, um, uh, uh, in comparison with like Mike. You're talking about the Joseph Gordon-Levin Christopher Lloyd masterpiece, Angels in the Outfield. No. What? <laughs> it's not. You're nowhere near. No. Rookie of the Year. Oh. Uh. <laughs> A, a little boy joins a sports team, leads them to the playoffs, and wins a, wins a championship with a cup. Henry Rowan Gardner, one of the great one of the greatest lines when he gets his cast off and he hits the doctor in the face. Funky butt easily. And his friends, you know, when they're like, oh, happy cast off day, and his, her, his mom gets him a gift, you know, oh, what is it? Cubs ticket! I can quote Easily that one movie of the so most 
forgettable what? movies ever. It should not be forget forgettable. I don't know why. Why is it forgettable? Because I don't remember is it seeing it. Is, is it is it because it's baseball? No. Um. Actually, uh, I have a baseball movie in second place. Oh. Okay. Well, in that case, all right. Well, I'll continue with rookie of the year. First of all, kid's name right off the bat, Henry Rowan Gardner. You know this is going to be a comedy when you, when your name is Henry Rowan Gardner. He stinks at baseball, you know, kind of like obviously Calvin Cambridge. But his friends, though, like his friends, are so funny, and it's got a lot of adult humor in it for it being a kids' movie. You know, with uh, I remember they're sitting at the table at the lunch table and his friends are like why don't you go talk to that girl over there and he's like we have nothing in common he's like so what and he's and henry's like she's not that hot and the you know and pardon my (laughs) pg language um for anybody that's you know younger viewers but you know his friend's like not that hot she's stacked (laughs) say that one more time give me your impression one more time Uh, not that hot She's stacked. <laughs> All right, if that was young Sammy performing that, I'd at least put rookie of the year in my honorable mentions. Um him like he was a great closer too. A great great closer uh for the for the Cubs. I think if they had him in the 90s, they probably could have won a try, you know, a World Series, would have broken the curse a little a little earlier. Um but it, it's just it's it's a good film. And I love how they used a real team. Whereas like Mike had the Knights, yeah, they actually used the Chicago Cubs. They used a historical team that was known for losing. I, I I get the feeling you like this movie more because you recently visited Wrigley. I actually have never visited Wrigley. Wait, really? I've never visited Wrigley. For those of you that don't know, I have this MLB passport, and I'm trying to knock off all these uh, ballparks. I think I've knocked off uh, – I'm in the double-digit club. I think I'm at like 10 or 11. Wrigley is one of the fields I have not visited yet. This was just one of the first sports films I was ever, like, I've okay. watched. Okay. So it definitely holds that sure. special place sure. in my heart. And me playing baseball a lot growing up. And just, again, it, I can quote this movie, like, very, very well. Very memorable. Another – I'm not going to say low expectations. Oh, well, I'll say, yeah, I had low expectations. But, you know, it's a good, it's a good fun-filled storyline. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so that that's definitely my okay. third. I'll tell you – Right now for my second place movie. Who could destroy Gardner as a closer? And whose oh movie is a better version of Rookie of the Year. This player's name is Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And his movie is The Sandlot. God. You oh dummy. God. I, 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 knew, I knew you were going you, you to bring that up. It is more um, iconic in every yeah. single way. That entire scene with the milk, Wendy Peppercorn destroys any single scene with with the milk. How many gallons of milk does she drink? None! (laughs) Because she doesn't need to because she's Wendy Peppercorn. (laughs) Yeah, well, she's a lifeguard, too. So, you know, she probably... How many many, uh, laps does she swim in the pool before she clocks into work? None! Because she doesn't need to, because she's Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah, sa- saving a uh, squint from fake drowning. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. That is a that is a very, very, very good film. For me, it's it's the most well done version of what like uh, a nostalgic childhood movie could be. You know, mm-hmm. and I it, like it's one of those movies that deserves to be iconic. 
You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, and people grow yeah, up watching and, that movie. And um, actually, what was it with me? I actually uh, didn't grow up watching that movie. I was ooh, I the really? first time I saw it was actually like in college. I was hungover as I was college? hungover as hell, man. Wow, it took you yeah. that long to watch a classic. Yeah, like I was, the and then I just like flipped it on, and I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was a great movie. Wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that is a, that is a great movie. The 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 s'mores yeah. monologue. You take that, the mallow. That is definitely. I call them I call them mallows <laughs> to this day. The mallow. I love. I love saying the mallow. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Grab me the mallow, bro. <laughs> like, what about mellow? <laughs> no one. No. No one wanted no, to grab mala. the mallow until Portland this past season. Oh my god! Another episode. That'll be. That'll definitely be another. That'll another be a good episode. One. But they needed the mallow. They needed the mallow. The mallow. Let's let's put it this way. The mallow is flaming. Absolutely. Right now. <laughs> we and, and we can we can we can talk about that game against the Rockets. Um. Uh. Uh. In, in, in a little bit, but like, yeah, man, um, the Sandlot, iconic. Uh, no, Sandlot is definitely uh, a good, a good film, definitely up there, and you can watch it over and over again, and it's never boring. But Benny the Jet, you know, it, it, how long did he did he win a World Series? I mean, I think he has a couple of All Star <laughs> nods by the end of the movie. I, I don't know about that, but like, you know. Do you think he ever played with that other team? You know, the team that like they beat into a pulp, baseball field, some jer- you know some jerseys, and he's like, "No, I'm hanging out with my boys." Like, you know, that's where like the superpowers come from, man. He's a floor raiser, man. I still think after watching that scene, he was out. No, what? <laughs> well, we got to We got to You don't tag we, we, out we, we, the replay, jet. If, if the replay, if the replay existed in. That time period, I'm pretty sure they would have been like, oh, he was out, ball game over. And, uh, they and this is <laughs> another area where the Sandlot beats out Rookie of the Year. Not in a okay. million – I believe Calvin Cambridge <laughs> dunks a three-point dunk more than I believe that Rowan, whatever his three- to five-word name – Three- to five-word name that I don't remember the character of. I believe that Calvin Cambridge – Dunks from the three-point line before I believe that he steals home base successfully. Yeah, well, yeah. Do each of their own. This is why this is All right. our personal. Give me your number two. Rushmore's. I'm done comparing. Number t- number two. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> At number two. For, okay. You get you get two you get two sports okay. in one film. And I just love saying the line when uh, you think you're better than me. All right, wait, okay, okay. All right, is is this ranking so high because you're a Boston fan? No, actually, no, okay. it doesn't. It really, I think it ranks so high because I love the villain yep. shooter. You know, I think hero heroes make the stories, villains sure. make the movies. Shooter McGavin's iconic. So that that's that, and Shooter McGavin when he makes that huge putt, and I didn't know this. Apparently, like he nailed that putt mm-hmm. on the first try. Nobody believed him, uh, like on that last hole, and that so that reaction. He's like, "Put your back, baby!" <laughs> <laughs> Boom! And he throws his he throws his club in the crowd, and he just like shakes his like chest. He's like, "I Shoot think I, I think <laughs> I think this is." Probably the best Adam Sandler movie of all time. 
Oh, right? for sure. I yes, I put. Oh, I will put that up there. That that drive is iconic. People will attempt that on the court, even if yeah. they suck. I will attempt that one time or another. If I'm doing like really bad on the golf course, I play a lot. But if I'm doing horrible and I'm like on the 18th hole, I'm like screw it. I'm just gonna happy Gilmore it. That's what it, it turns it. it he, he makes something out of it. Like, oh, I'm going to bring a, it. Would you bring, like, a, a topper for, like, a hockey stick in your golf bag after seeing this movie? Oh, I, it made me think. On It honestly made me think. I had to ask my dad because I, I played golf a lot growing sure. up as well. Like, I played, um, you know, during the summer and, like, competitive. And I'm just like, are you allowed to have a putter like that? <laughs> and he's like, no, you're absolutely not allowed to have it. And I'm like, are you allowed to have one? I'm also – I'm very nitpicky, obviously. I told you when it comes to sports, like if some st- – so like when Happy Gilmore in the last round, he like takes eight or eight or nine shots, like, you know, hitting it into the grass, and then he hits the ball in the water. I'm like, he's got to be down by like 12 strokes now. There's no way he's coming back unless – Shooter, which I appreciated, even though it didn't do du- justice. Like you see, Shooter on one of the holes, he hits it into the water, and I don't know if you know, but it's like the rule is like it's one in, two to get out. You're sitting three, you know. So it's like y- you can gain three strokes right off the bat doing that. But I'm just like, how many holes is he hitting in the woods or hitting it in the water? Um, and, and with Bob Bar, God, Bob iconic Barker, performance. You, that's the. M- Yes, Bob Barker. You you cannot just say, oh, you know, like he gets in a fight with a game show. No, you even if you don't know what show Bob Barker was part of, yeah, you know, The Price is Right. And if, even if you don't know, you're like, oh, he got into a fight with Bob Barker. No, like you don't even have to know just, what he did. I, and I do think that for a younger generation, Bob Barker is known more for Happy Gilmore than he is for The Price is Right. If I'm being honest, that's a that might be a hot <laughs> take, but like that that's my whole thing. You know what I mean? I agree with you, 100. percent All right, so what is your number one overall take? Um, so this was tough. I I want to do real quick um because there were a lot of movies that didn't make the list that I really wanted to make the list. That if we expanded this, um, so I I want to go through some honorable mentions real quick because I don't think that these movies get talked about enough. Um, I think uh. I think Creed um, is getting forgotten a whole lot, which makes me kind of upset. Um, as a boxing movie, I don't think Cinderella Man gets enough credit. That actually is my number two pick for most athletic Russell Crowe. Ooh. Um, Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man was a fantastic movie. Have you seen Cinderella Man? I have. I, I love it's a boxing great film. films. Boxing films um, are great. Unfortunately, there's not one on my list, sure. uh, but I do have some honorable Um I, I think, like, you know, uh, uh, just the film, Rocky Balboa, like, the sixth one. Rocky Balboa, yeah. Out- outside of the dumbest sports villain name ever, um, I don't know if you remember what the villain of that movie was called in Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa. Do you remember? Um, his name is Mason the Line Dixon. The dumbest sports name I have ever heard in my life. That is pretty bad. It is more obnoxious than Shooter McGavin mm, uh, <laughs> as a name. Yeah. Hey, don't, right? be, don't be so, taking crap from my boy Shooter. Well, uh, not at all. Um, well, so uh, the other movie that I want to highlight, because 
for me, basketball is by far my favorite sport, and no basketball movie made my Mount Rushmore. Um, I was about to say, what's your ranking, super quick, sports? Uh, oh, uh, I would say uh, basketball, number one, football, two, uh, probably um, boxing, three, rugby is fourth. Rugby is wow. fourth. You don't even have you don't have you don't even have baseball. Baseball, in there. baseball is five because I'm a baseball fan, ish, mm-hmm. but I'm more of a Yankees fan than a baseball fan. Okay, and that and it's because it's okay. regional, right? Um, mm. so because of that, like basketball is my top. I'm surprised. I surprised myself by taking this last movie off my list, but Glory Road mm-hmm. is the best basketball movie of all time, an honorable mention and a better version of remember the Titans for me. Um, that being said, I said I had two racing movies in my Mount Rushmore. My second one and my top pick is rush. Ooh, rush. Um, That must have a special place in your heart. No, it doesn't actually really, uh, it doesn't actually have a special place in my heart, but it is the best (laughs) sports movie I've ever seen. Um, uh, do you know the story of Rush? Um, vaguely. Uh, there was this legendary Formula One rivalry. Um, and if you, like, you know, if you're unfamiliar, Formula One is what NASCAR wants to be, right? Um, and there is a rivalry in, I think, like, the 70s or 80s, something like that, um, between uh, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. And James Hunt is this uh, cocky, um, he's almost like what the NBA in the 70s was, except successful. Yeah. Tons of problems, but mm-hmm. a wildly successful racer. And Nicky Lauda is like what you would imagine like the Spurs to be. Like uh, very, very Ooh, Belichickian, very, Spurs. very Popovichian, like uh, um, no-nonsense kind of method to success. And he gets in this awful crash that mm-hmm. destroys his entire body. And it's about that rivalry because they innately hate each other. Um, this movie mm-hmm. stars uh, Chris Hemsworth in the best performance mm-hmm. of his career for me. Um, do you, uh, does the name Daniel Bruhl sound familiar to you? Yeah, it actually does. He um, played uh, the lover boy in Inglorious Bastards. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Great film. He played Zemo in Civil War uh, for the MCU. Olivia Wilde's in this movie. Uh, Natalie Dormer um, is in this movie. Like, pre-Game of Thrones, Natalie Dormer. And all of them, objectively, give the best performances of their careers for me. Um, So I think any fan of racing and any fan of sports action owes themselves to see this movie. It is the most thrilling racing movie I have ever seen. And the most tense I've ever felt in a racing film ever. Ever. Ge- genuinely yeah, ever. That, it's very rare to get feelings like that in a film like nowadays. So that's a, that's actually yeah. a very good choice. I don't have any nostalgia or anything heartfelt to say about it. It is just, for me, the best made movie. Did you cry? No. I did not. Is there any part you can cry in that? Um, Some. Is there a part where you're supposed to? Uh, It's actually... I'll, I'll put it this way. You remember in Mission Impossible 2 at the very beginning when Tom Cruise is climbing that um, – is rock climbing in, like, Nevada or wherever? Yeah, the yeah. rock wall. Yeah. 
that mm. feeling you get where like your butthole clenches up a little bit is every racing scene in this movie. <laughs> well, that's good. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Check out check that. Out. You know, for for that feeling, for that feeling check alone. No, that's definitely all right. Yeah, I can respect your Mount Rushmore. Very interesting list, I might say. Um, so yeah, I'll give you know just a quick few honorable mentions. Uh, Rocky, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> wait, okay, okay, wait, 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 rank your favorite sports. I did mine. You do yours. Just real quick. Okay, so yeah, super quickly. Uh, I know baseball's in a tough spot it, for you, you right now. I, no, see, that's the thing. I'm not. Uh, baseball used to be number one. Uh, unfortunately, we're on very tough terms right now, so that's probably at like maybe three, maybe four. Uh, but with that being said, basketball is number one. Football is number two. Golf, three. Baseball, okay. four right now. I'm in a very uh, – baseball, I used to, you know, just like several months ago or, you know, I – I, w- I was so into baseball, and I, and I still know a lot about the sport. Sure. I know that more than, you know, any sure. other person, uh, and then after that, basketball. But right now, just with everything going on, like I said, I won't go into detail yeah. or whatever. Um, that's We're not in a mm-hmm. good relationship mm-hmm. right now. So with that being said, it's going to be funny what my number one movie is. Uh, my number one is Moneyball. Okay. With yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt. Jonah Hill, right? Um, I l- yeah, with Jonah Hill. I, I love the storyline, mm-hmm. um, and no, I, it's not my favorite movie because the Red Sox just happen to be in it, and they talk about them, and whatever, because I just love it because it definitely opened an eye to a different world of how baseball can sure. work, how you, know, you could do well. Like, obviously, because when you're – have you seen that um, movie? I, 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 I've seen it in uh, bursts, but I've never seen the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, there's just scenes where, like, you know, scouts, you know, they say, like, oh, this person has the intangible, or, you know, they have the potential to be intangible. That's just a fancy way of saying, we don't know what we're looking for, we just know sure. it when we see it. And that's what they based off of. And then, like, you know, Brad Pitt's character is like, you know, if you're saying he hits good, why does the stat sheet say he's not hitting good? And they'll be like, oh, he'll hit good. Like, you, you know, you just got to give him time or whatever. And uh, so when he brings in Jonah Hill, he's just like show him this whole new world of baseball and how like baseball is mm-hmm. medieval. Now, granted, there is one scene I do Which not one? like where oh, when Jonah Hill is saying like you know you're trying to replace Johnny Damon, the Red Sox pick him up for this much money, but is he really worth seven and a half million dollars? The Red Sox are paying him. No. Uh, for the record, that man won us a World Series. He played phenomenally, and I'm like, oh, no, he's worth. He's the absolutely money. Like, worth the money. He also won us a World Series <laughs> for the for the Yankees. So uh, I was just kind of like, okay, y- you picked a good point, but I think you picked the wrong person to make a right point. Um. And watching that movie, I love how they bring up real footage from the games as well. And you're watching it and you're hearing the recording of the, vo- like, of the radio in the background. And um, I, I did tear up when uh, Scott Hatterberg hit the homer for the team to win 20 straight consecutive games. And with that montage of the streak, the music, and 
it was giving me chills. I'm getting chills right now. And you're hearing fans in the background. They're like, we're going for 20. We're going for 20. We're And, like, Scott Hatterberg and the coach in that moment. Now, I highly doubt this was true. But, like, in the moment, the coach was like, you know what? I'm going to have to believe in what the general manager's theory is on this money ball system. Like, if Scott Hatterberg really gets on base more than any other player on the team, all right, I'll put him in. Boom, hits a homer. That song, hit, the, the music hits, and the crowd is going, bonkers like they broke the record at that time it's now not broken anymore but at the time and then it yeah and yeah and so watching it it definitely made me tear up even though i don't like the athletics at all no one really cares about the athletics like in nobody cares about it unless you know you watch that film and and watching it it just really brought back the feeling and then that line that awesome line that you know, Brad Pitt had, you know, how can you not be romantic about baseball? That, that brought that, that, that pimp teardrop. To my is that eye. why I'm baseball like, wow. is still in your like, top three or four? In spite of the awfulness of the Houston well, Astros? I, and, and no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually th- this, th- 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 <laughs> no, this no, pick no of yours comment. begs an interesting question. Are you a big analytics purist? Because like that, this was, this was seen the Oakland A's, like the streak, this was seen as like the, the start of modern analytics. And it spilled over into basketball and into the NFL, um, like yes, especially lately, yes, right? Indeed, because, yeah, well, especially, you know, the Patriots, they pick up their players sure. from Walmart, you know? and uh, Well, no, yeah. But I, I, and I agree with you on the, the analytical part. I do – I'm like 50-50. I am definitely like you got to look at the stat sheets, but also – you got to see how that you you've got to watch it personally and see sure. what's happening cuz obviously like if you look at a guy's stat line they'd be oh they they could be a phenomenal player but in my mind the the most important stat to me is the wins and losses cuz you can have the greatest stat line ever but you I also feel like yeah otherwise like Andre Iguodala win. would be it, an all-timer y- yeah and I just I, that's where I'm just like you can't you know and people and you hear people say like oh like are you gonna count them out because they're not winning no but these guys don't play for fun like yeah yeah majority of them play for money that's what, but like they want to be winners like they want to have that ring you know if you win a championship no one can take that away from you uh, records break all the time yeah. You can never take away That's a championship. Fair. So what, like, uh, in short, like whatever you need to do to win. Yes, you need to do to win. But with Moneyball, uh, I definitely respected what they were doing in that. And I, that's why I love the movie because I was like, wow, they're really figuring out how to win on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it definitely brings back those feels of baseball and how exciting it gets in the moment. Mo- in the moment. Um, you know, obviously in basketball, you know, there are those moments you get so excited when there's like a timeout, what's going to happen. But no, like in baseball, you're waiting for that pitch to happen. Anything can happen. And there's no time limit in baseball. Um, yeah, the, it's anything can happen. You know, you could be playing an 18 hour long game like the Red Sox and Dodgers did. But that those are my the, that's my Mount Rushmore of sport films. And you had a good you had a good list. You had a phenomenal. I, th- I, th- list. I think ours were uh, weird in different ways. Yeah. 100%. And I and I will say I don't think that either of us I didn't expect Moneyball to come out on top for you. You did not. I expected it to be in there somewhere, but I was actually okay. expecting like Angels mm-hmm. in the Outfield or The Sandlot or even 
Oh, absolutely not. Matthew McConaughey gave a horrific performance as an outfielder for the Angels. We're not watching it for Matthew McConaughey. And we all acknowledge that the that like the pre Mike Trout Angels were two, awful. There's two Academy there are two Academy Award winners in that film. I'm surprising how bad it did, but uh, they need to put it on. Disney oh, absolutely. Plus that also actually speaking of crying moments, Angels in the Outfield is one of them. Oh come on! Oh yeah, give me a break. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm ready to move on to our main event. All and right. That note of you flapping Let's scrap. your wings. Let's scrap. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event for the evening. Fighting out of the green corner, he is weighing in at 208 pounds at the height of 6 foot 8 inches tall. Coming out of Duke University, Jason the Trampler Tatum. <laughs> Alright, now fighting out of the blue corner, he is coming out of college none thanks to yahoo sports weighing in at 218 pounds at the height of six foot seven inches luca the dominant Doncic. the worst nickname ever invented <laughs> for any player ever <laughs> oh my god i'm <laughs> i'm not even arguing on his behalf and i feel bad for him all right well first of all jason tatum handsome devil Luca, he's I. Right. What? Sit playing something. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So, all right. Here, I've got the 2019 and 2020 season stat lines for each player. Uh, Luca Doncic is hot. I stat for stat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, you're you like his gold chain around his neck. Yeah, so. Jason Tatum looks like a child. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, all right, well, all right. He, he got a, he got a haircut. He got all right. A haircut. All right. This, this is about playing. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Let's fight. All right. So, all right. Jason Tatum, you know, field goals made. He obviously lost to Luca by, you know, 1.2 points. Uh, field goals, you know, averaged. Uh, Luca, you know, 16, you know, field goals attempted. And what was it? Jason Tatum, 45% field goal percentage over Luca with his 42. Uh, on the rebound, though, Luca is better on the offense and defense. Uh, offensive, 1.2. Uh, defensive rebound, 6.6. Luca gets more assists in the game. You know, six assists where JT's getting two. Uh, Luca has two more turnovers more than Jason. Uh, steals, they are the same exact. And this is 2019, by the way. Uh, 0.7 blocks for Jason, 0.3 for Luca. Whereas Luca scores more points in a game than JT. That was 2019. Uh, here we'll go into 2020 already. Um, what we got here? So JT, uh, there's no stat comparison on offense. Uh, Luca beats him on all of that uh, by like two to three points each, obviously, and then. Vice versa, Jason, uh, with the steals, turn you know basically defensively he is you know better by a few points as well. Um, I I'll just say this: the reason I'm ch taking Jason, and I look at, I think that's the weirdest thing with sports, um, Juju is um, 
everyone looks at it from a one-on-one -on -one point of view where i always i honestly look at it as like the team point of view if i'm wanting to win a championship i want to take a guy like jason he's a two-way player he you know spreading the ball around a little bit whereas luca yes he is phenomenal phenomenal on offense great on offense but he's not winning the games he's not doing anything drastic on defense other than the defensive ra uh, defensive rebounding game like yeah he's gonna win more mvps than jason tatum i don't even think jason tatum will win an mvp unless it's a finals mvp i like jason being a two-way play i love two-way players that's that's my like that's my sucker for you know players in the nba i love two-way players um, and that explains why you're a fanboy of Kawhi, right? I'm a Kawhi sexual. Good lord. <laughs> um, I'm never referring. I, I love me some Kawhi Leonard. I love me some Kawhi Leonard. God, you and your love affair with the board man. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you and uh, the bra the bronze sexual. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different grudge match. Hey, that 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 we'll, we'll that'll say. be a good one for the future. That main main event, um, yeah, but but also, but this this grudge match, this main event right now, we're t we are talking about like what we want, not only like what are we looking at right now in the season, but also the next ten years. Sure, I think this is a very opinionated discussion. Obviously, yeah, Luke is better on the you know offensive side, but Jason is a better two way player. Give me your take. <laughs> okay. First things first, um, I want it on the record right now that while we're having this debate, you, Sammy Locasano, Samuel Kawhi Sexual Locasano, are on the record of stating that Jason Tatum in the bubble is not even the best player on his own team. I want that on the record. That is, yeah, you could put that on the All record. Right. I did, I did say, I did say, boy. Ah! That, that, that's, that's on the record. Um, secondly, I want to, I want to give you a comparison. You have to take one of the two. Do you take Dr. J or do you take Magic Johnson? This is a leading question. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like no matter which direction I'm going to, you're setting me up for failure. So th that's my point. Luca is the exact type of player that I love, in that he is a player that raises both the floor and the ceiling of the players that he's with, right? And look who um, is starting on the Mavericks in the bubble with him. Ah, uh, so in the bubble, uh, Luca is playing with Kristaps. Fantastic. Seth Curry, okay. Trey Burke, solid. Tim Hardaway, fine. JJ Barea, he's as old as time right now. He's like Sam Cassell, old. Yo, hey, don't be mocking my boy Sam Cassell. All I'm saying, Celtic Sam Cassell. So, um, here's my here, here's my thing with Luca. He's basically playing. You you take Luca off that roster, and you get the Chris Apps Porzingis Knicks. They're not making any sort of playoffs in either conference. You put Luka on that team and they instantly explode. Now, they're not their record in the bubble 
isn't nearly as good as the Celtics. I'll grant you that. But for this season, they are only like three games behind the Celtics or so in terms of ranking overall. Which, again, goes to show you how strong the West is when you look at the East. Look, the, going into the bubble, like you, you, you think that the Blazers are one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA, and they're out of the playoff picture. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying there's a chance, but, 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 but so, like, Luka is taking his team, granted, more on one end, right? And he raises the letter grades of every single player on that team from what they were. Seth Curry is about, like, a C-minus player. Luka raises him to, like, a C-plus, B-minus. Trey Burke, no one was talking about, and then now he's one of the best offensive players in the bubble. Tim Hardaway was given one of the worst contracts in, in, in the NBA at the time by the Knicks, and he is a very usable piece now on the Mavericks. Um, Chris Stapps, no one knew what he was going to be coming off of this awful injury history. And the Mavs basically picked him up off the scrap heap. And now look at Luka with his stats in the bubble. I think, like, especially in this league, in this specific iteration of the NBA, offense, for better or for worse, is so highly valued. It cannot be denied as being more important than the defensive end if you are a player that can raise the floor of the players around you and the ceiling of the players around you. And while it's one-sided, Luka's Mavericks, this second year, are the best offense in NBA history in points per 100 possessions. And that's with inflation and everything. So Luka is, uh, Jason Tatum, I'll grant you, is a better two-way overall sort of deal than Luka, but I wouldn't even, I would even fight you on that because Luka is such an unstoppable force and immovable object on one end of the floor. And while not as great as Tatum on the defensive end, is not also necessarily that big of a net negative in comparison to the rest of his teammates either. But their stats are not even, like, super different either. I feel like, I just feel like Luca. I will give Luca this credit. I feel like his shots make him look a lot nicer makes him look cooler than jason that that's my that's what i'm seeing because i've been watching i've been very thankful i love this bubble thing right now mm -hmm. because not only because there's no f crowd it's like literally every team is getting a fair chance with no crowd but also it's like you know what i've heard a lot about luca this is my time to finally you know hey take my vitamins say my prayers shut up and you know say i'm wrong to see you know what this guy's playing but again my thing is is that when i'm looking at luca play you know he's even saying he's even getting upset at himself and i and i am like you know what like good for him for saying that. he's someone was like praising their defense the other day they're like oh they're playing phenomenal he's like dude we're one in three right now and i'm not trying i'm not trying to put all on the bubble but he he is saying we're not good on the defense. He is pointing like we need to be better on defense. That's fair. But I don't think that like it's fair to single them out when a bunch of great teams have also been awful on defense. The 2018, I think, Houston Rockets, the, the conference finals Houston Rockets, were one of the worst defensive teams of all time, but their offense was so undeniable. They took Golden State to seven games.
um, the 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 run and gun Suns. It, it, it was surprising that they never won a finals, even though they never played defense. And it can be argued that if it wasn't for that whole Nash getting his nose broken thing, um, they would have won that year. I guess I'm very much of a offense wins games, defense wins championships. Here's here um, here here's my here's my question for you. Do you think Jason Tatum raises the floor, uh, raises the uh, skill level of the players around him? And a follow up to that: Do you think that's more in him or more in Brad Stevens? I genuinely, well. The reason I'm having issues answering that is because I do agree with you. I don't think we said it on here, but we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. You know, you said if you take Jason Tatum out, you know, the Celtics would still make the playoffs. And I agree with you with that 100%. But that's not his fault, though. It's like, it's not fault. It's not his fault that he – and I'm not blaming – I'm not getting that, like, blame. It, it's just that there are so many good players on that team. Yeah. You'd have to – I really do want to see like Jason Tatum play with players that Luca is being given and see what's happening. Cause when you have so many good players, it's that disease of more thing I was ta- telling you about in that book I was reading. Like, you know, people want the ball more. And I think Brad Stevens, and that's where I'm answering your next question. I think that's more on Brad Stevens. Well, and, and that's what I mean. Like, I think like, um, because Luca's skill set is so, um, translatable. He has a LeBron-esque and Magic Johnson, Larry Bird-esque talent in involving other players in an offensive scheme to where you can slot him into any starting lineup and he will automatically make them better. And I, they would be legitimate threats to make the playoffs. And I don't think that the same can be said for Jason Tatum. Well, it's still early in their career. Uh, Teach uh, has their own. But so that brings the next question. Um, Obviously, I guess we'll go with it. You know, who who's the player you're sticking with for the next ten years? Oh, Luca, absolutely. I think um, because he he's not as reliant on athleticism and mid range ISO scoring than Jason Tatum, um, and because he is such a plug and play sort of talent, I think that he's going to have a more fruitful career than Jason Tatum. He has a better chance. I just I love what really made me stand out with Jason Tatum and think he was yeah better than Luke was like when I saw him in his rookie playoff run without Kyrie and going up against like LeBron taking him seven games in the Eastern Conference I that's where in my mind when I saw that I was like oh my god like Kyrie was supposed to be the man in Boston. Like I, I still have a Kyrie Irving Celtics jersey. Like I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. Like, and then when Jason Tatum was coming in, I'm just like, no way, he's gonna like, it, he, 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 he surprised me in the playoffs. And that's another thing we haven't seen Luca in the playoffs. That's not his fault. He's only in his second season. We're gonna see him in this run. Uh, playoff basketball, you can agree, is different than regular season basketball. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see Luca in the playoffs. Um, and I also thought, and this is me with Jay, I wish Jason was the leader on the Celtic. I, I don't feel like he has that title. I felt like he had that title when he was in that playoff run, uh, two seasons ago, 
but now he doesn't. I think that's the I, that's personally my that's what my theory is coming from being a Celtics fan. And that and it's that intangible for me that sets Luca apart. The the Mavericks right now are unquestionably Luca's team. Um, yeah, and that I can agree. I can uh, yeah agree. With and you on that. he's leading them to granted a seventh seed and a one and three record in the bubble, but it's a seventh seed in the West and it's a one and three record after playing um, the Suns, one of the hottest teams in the bubble, the Rockets, um. also one of the best teams period in the bubble, and the Clippers. Those aren't losses to sneeze at. You know what I mean? And yeah. the Rockets, they they had the Rockets on the ropes. James Harden is just such an unstoppable scorer. He he, he simply wasn't able to be denied. Um, and Devin Booker is much in the same way. He's been lighting up the bubble himself underratedly. And the Clippers are the Clippers. But so, like, for me, Jason Tatum is an undeniable scoring talent. Um, mm-hmm. But if you bring up defense, I'm going to bring up playmaking. Um, and in terms of value and how sustainable those two things are, uh, playmaking never goes away for me. Tom Brady right now in the NFL is making a career at the age of like a dinosaur because of, because of, how, because of how intelligent he is. And how much he raises the floor and ceiling of the players around him. And I'm saying that as a Giants fan. So, I think Luka, right now, even in his second year. Which, by the way, he is uh, one of maybe like six or seven 25 and 5 rookies. I called, I want this on the record too. I called Luka having this sort of season from halfway through his rookie year. Yeah, and Jason would have won uh, Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for the first time ever a non-rookie winning Rookie of the Year. And we can talk about Ben Simmons and the uh, and the wild uh, disappointment uh, he is later. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But so for me, Jason Tatum is an undeniable talent. He's an ISO scorer. But there's a reason. Let's see what the next 10 years offer. Let's see what the next 10 years offer. Um, there's a reason why Kobe's mid-2000s Lakers didn't go anywhere and Steve Nash's sons did. That's all I'll say. All right, I'm ending on that note. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, uh, everyone, thank you guys for listening in advance. Uh, tune in to episode two of uh, The Grudge Match uh, whenever it comes out next. Uh, please leave a review. If we even ended up being successful. If, if we end up being successful, um, uh, please leave a review uh, when th- inevitably this comes out. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, this was a good fight, man. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, and even you know, sh- yeah, and shoot some uh, whoever wants to hear our next uh, opinions on uh, who would win a fight. You know, shoot some people, and uh, we'll we'll give you our thoughts. Let us know. All right, buddy. All right, take care. Juju.